The Gestalt Gardener podcast is brought to you by Varicosity Vein Center, providing health assessment screenings and compassionate care to improve your vascular functionality and quality of life. Our doctors and vein specialists offer solutions to painful varicose veins, spider veins, and other venous diseases to our patients. Now offering complimentary vein screenings in Jackson, Madison, and Ridgeland. Information and appointment scheduling at varicosityveincenter.com. Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning outside? A little chilly. Might rain this weekend, but we're going to have fun for the next hour or so. Good morning. This is our garden party called the Gestalt Gardeners, a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I'm your host, horticulturist Felder Rushing. Our producer is an awesome Java Chapman. We're going to have fun for the next hour or so just talking about gardening. Coming up today's broadcast, I'm going to give you a heads up on some stuff you can be doing in your southern garden. If you're listening from outside the south, just relax. Your time's coming. It's maybe a month from now, but we're getting cranked up here in the south about gardening. I'm uh, going to share uh, a pretty solid music selection coming up in about 30 minutes, but most of this is a live program here. We're going to be talking with you in real time about what's going on or not in your own garden. So sit back, folks. We're going to do some quick news and come back with this garden party, Mississippi Public Broadcasting, called the Gestalt Garden. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing, and we're going to be talking about gardening in the next little while. I hope that's what you want to talk about, because that's what I'm going to talk about, and Believe me, I can make your eyes bleed with stupid detail about things that people don't need to know to be a gardener. And so if you've got things you'd like to talk about, let's let's make it local. That's what we do here at MPB. Let's bring it down to your level. Let's keep it down to, uh, I don't mean, let's bring it over to your level. You know, here in the South, i got real good friends up in New England who are under snow right now. i got friends up in the upper Midwest, cold, 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 cold. Friends out in Seattle, West Coast, up in the mountains. They all have different growing conditions, but we all do the same thing. We dig a hole, we put something in it green side up, and we take it from there. So we're going to be talking about doing that here in the South. We're a good month ahead of a lot of folks. Uh, I've got uh, my friend Roger Swain, who was the uh, the Victory Garden guy, the guy with the red suspenders for so long up in, in Boston. He has to wait until Memorial Day to plant. We're talking about over a month from now, Memorial Day. To plant his tomatoes, we got ours in the ground last week. A little cold, I gotta tell you, folks. A little bit cold. I'm glad I'm not a tomato in the ground because I held off on that. What I did was, uh, I know it's supposed to be uh, it's supposed to rain this weekend, so I got out ahead of time and I planted some more angelonia. Cool little people call it uh, summer snapdragon. I put some fan flower, which is called scavola. Uh, put out some green basil and some purple basil. Got some cascading uh, stuff in the garden. So I got some stuff set out ahead of time. But I'm going to hold off till after all this rain before I put out my tomatoes and peppers and things that really, really like warm dirt. Warm dirt. Only thing that really is growing great right now that's that's uh, real seasonal is a, a disease called brown patch. I'm seeing a lot of brown patch in people's yard. It makes circles, brown circles, and curves and rings and stuff. It shows up when we have a combination of warm days 
in cool, wet nights, which we've had a lot of lately. Sometimes you see it in the fall, but we always see it in the spring. Mostly St. Augustine Centipede. Um, it goes away. When the weather warms up, it goes away. So if you'll just raise your mower, you know, it'll deal with the stuff. There's fungicides you can put out there if you want to keep it from spreading, but usually a temporary thing. If you've got a healthy lawn, it's not really that big a deal. We'll mention this, though. Brown patch is worse on, gr- on grass. It's been fertilized too early, and we're just now at the beginning of the time when I say it's a good idea to fertilize your grass. It doesn't matter to me what you do or don't do. But from your grass's point of view, it wants to be mowed a time or two. It wants to get nice and healthy and green and lush before you start fertilizing. Sort of jumpstart at root system for the spring. And then we take it from there. Otherwise, you run risk into feeding your weeds and aggravating brown pads. Anyway, stupid little details like that. If you want to give me a call and talk about whatever's on your garden, my specific to your garden, if you've got questions or some comments, give us a call. Toll free one eight seven seven mpb ring and we're going to start out this morning up real close to memphis hey john calling from south haven yeah hey what's up hey hey fellas i saw you on tv last night oh did i have my clothes what was i doing i'm just curious oh you were in that green truck (laughs) my green truck which i drove in today usually i walk in but it's a little bit cool and uh it's feeling a little under the weather so i I drove my truck with all the stuff planted in the back Uh uh-huh yeah what you got Uh going on Oh, I I have a peach tree. Mm-hmm. It's about five. Well, I put it out about five years ago. Yep. Got it from the nursery. Last year, I had a lot of blossoms, no peaches. Yep. This year, I had three or four blossoms. I don't expect to have any peaches. Uh, what do I need to do? Uh, not much. You know, if you didn't prune it this year not too late to go out and thin out some of the branches and some of the limbs. It, it, you know, it's, uh, every person on earth who grows peaches and other fruits for, for a living, people who do it commercially, they always prune their trees. And they don't just, just do it for their health. So if you can go out and thin out some of the branches and then, th- uh, excuse me, a few of the limbs that are kind of, if there's two limbs close to each other, cut one of them off. And then thin out a few branches that are left, the energy that will go to what you cut off will go to what's left. And that'll make the tree more vigorous more likely to be able to, to produce stuff. Um, oh, okay. And the other thing, John, keep in mind that peaches, most peaches really do best if they have two different varieties for cross-pollination. This is just one of those kind of things. It, you know, one, oh, one, I've got one tree. In one tree, it can make a few peaches, but, you know, two different varieties side by side will always have a whole lot more peaches. And that's oh, true. Okay. That, you know, so that, it's, it's, it's true of a lot of different kind of fruit trees. Some don't care. You know, but some really do best with two or more different varieties, and peach is one of those. Okay. But but well, but ain't it ain't, ain't it pretty when it blooms? Oh yeah, they are pretty. Okay, that's something. Uh, <laughs> second, where I lived in Albuquerque, New Mexico, I had a golden delicious apple tree in the backyard. Yeah. That did really well. That's about the same latitude as here. Yep. Will they work here? Not as well. Yeah, the Golden Delicious do okay. Now, apples are another one. Golden Delicious gets you a, a, a Red Delicious, get you a Molly's Delicious, get a, two different varieties, plant them close to each other. Apples, there's some apples that will produce one tree by itself. Most of the time they need pollen from another tree. So, uh, you know, I go okay. ahead. And, there you know. I, had, I had a Golden Delicious and I had a Stamen Wide Sale. Yep. 
And but, it did really well. Yeah. Now keep, keep in mind though, latitude doesn't have anything at all to do with it. Yeah, you know, know. It's it's the amount of cold temperatures that get in the wintertime. And and I've been to Albuquerque several times. You know, and it stays chillier longer, even though it's sort of the high. It's not exactly plains, but you know, it's not. It's, it's sort of nestled in there, in between all those mountains and all. But uh, yeah, well, it, I was up that six down thing. Yeah, so you know, it stays cooler longer, and that's how how fruit trees tell time is how many hours they get that are above freezing but below forty five. They call chilling hours. Memphis get oh, okay. Memphis gets uh, oh maybe eight nine hundred. You know, seven hundred fifty eight at nine hundred chilling hours, and the 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 golden delicious will do fine in that range. Okay. All right, well, man. Appreciate your call. I love it when they start asking me stuff I know. Hey, Java, I brought in some more plants I stole today. <laughs> you know, I'm always stealing plants for people. Excuse me. I, I borrow a few specimen flowers to discuss on public radio. It's an educational thing. My neighbors contribute to the educational well-being of the entire state. They're part of the MPB family. You you can saw, call my neighbors. You know, we got software and the computers. We got external hard drives. You can call my neighbors external soft drive. Now, do they are do they know they're contributing to the education of uh, Mississippi? No. Oh, of course they do. No, they don't. I'm quick. I'm quick. Sleight of hand. Uh, but this one came. The, the one that I'm holding up here came from my yard. It's got uh, looked like uh, tubes of lipstick. It's spikes of red flowers, kind of a carmine red with little uh, yellowy rabbit ear sticking out of it. This is a plant that is native to Mississippi. It's called buckeye, red buckeye. And uh, they're in full bloom right now, which is real good because that's what hummingbirds follow. When, when, when the hummingbirds come back, they need food. They need nectar. They need energy. And, and they get to the Gulf Coast just about when the buckeyes are starting to bloom and a few other stuff. And as they bloom going further north, the hummingbirds follow them all the way up into Canada. So buckeyes is one of the earliest important nectar plants for hummingbirds. And I saw my first hummingbird of the year uh day before yesterday, Wednesday. Saw a hummingbird up in Risland. Uh, I was up at, uh, at the, some master gardeners and other volunteers have a, a little garden and a hospice up there. And I saw my first hummingbird. Anyway, buckeyes, red buckeyes, they're shade plants. So those of you folks who say, I don't have enough sunshine, buckeyes need the shade. They grow best in the shade. And there's another plant here I got that needs shade also called dogwood. You know, dogwoods are blooming everywhere right now. They got the four petals and uh, uh, they're they're pretty, they're gorgeous plant, native plants. But I want to point this out. The only time you see dogwoods blooming in the sun, and they're, they're plenty, they don't usually live that long, they don't look that great most of the time, but the only ones that you see growing in the sun are the ones that people planted in the sun. And follow me on this. Birds eat dogwood berries in the fall. And they drop dogwood seeds all over creation. They drop them out of cedar trees. They drop them out of your mimosa tree, your magnolia tree. Drop them along the fence rows, along the roadside. They drop seeds everywhere. But you never see a dogwood naturally growing under the dense shade of a magnolia tree. You never see a dogwood growing out in the broiling hot sun in nature. Along the, and, and birds drop billions of millions hundreds of whatever. They drop dogwood seeds all over the place. You never see dogwood trees growing along a, a, a fence row because dogwoods grow best in the shade, light shade, typically on a slope. So if you've got a lightly shaded garden, a dogwood is a good choice. If you've got a full sun yard, uh, 
Well, let me just put it away. Southern Living says Southern Living points out that about one out of every three dogwoods planted this year by people, one out of every three dogwoods planted this year is not going to be here two years from now. They have about a 50 to 60 percent survival rate when they're planting landscapes. And there's reasons for that. One is they like dogwood dirt. There's a stuff in the dirt called mycorrhizae. It's kind of like a fungus. Not a fungus, but it's sort of like a fungus. It grows uh, in, in the soil. It helps some plants have a more extensive root system. Plants with a poor root system don't grow very well without mycorrhizae. And if you're planting a dog in your yard, it's growing at a garden center, ain't got no mycorrhizae in the potting soil. So here's a tip. If you want to grow a dogwood, you want to plant one, dig a wide hole Add a little bit of stuff to it, not much. Keep your native dirt, sort of dilute it a little bit with some stuff, and then find you a nice-looking dogwood someplace in the neighborhood or out in the woods. Dig up some some of that dogwood dirt, just uh, three or four inches deep, you know, around the roots. And while it's still fresh, mix it in with your dirt. You'll be inoculating your native, your garden soil with mycorrhizae that help dogwood survive. And second thing is, I wouldn't put it out in the full sun. I know you want it in the full sun, not your best choice out there. Uh, there is another plant, though, that looks just like dogwoods. I brought one of those in today. It's a large shrub. blooms the same time of year as the dogwoods. The flowers are just like dogwoods, four big uh, 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 white petals. Instead of a little ball of stuff in the middle, it's got a pretty yellow stamen. It's called, some people call it uh, English dogwood. It's also called Philadelphus. It's called mock orange, but this is a plant that will grow in a cemetery. Looks like dogwood, just as pretty as a dogwood, and about 10 times easier to grow than a dogwood. So anyway, one last thing. By the way, if you want to give us a call, one eight eight seven seven. was it, an 877 MPB ring? Is that it? Where is it? It's written wrong. Here we go, 877 <laughs> MPB ring. I'm really bad at Java. I've never been good at numbers. One eight seven seven. MPB ring. Um, anyway, one other tree. We're about to take a real quick break uh, here on MPB. There's a tree that is native to North America. It's called American Fringe Tree. American Fringe Tree. Most people call it Grancy Graybeard or Grandpa Graybeard. It's white. It's got all these frilly little uh, things. It looks like a bush completely covered with frilly fringe. It is tough as nails, so much easier to grow than a dogwood. American Fringe Tree or Grancy or Grandpa Graybeard, really, really easy to grow in any kind of dirt, sun or shade. It blows dog. Everybody's got dogwoods. You got the only one of these in the neighborhood, and everybody just smiles, and we say have one, too. We're going to take a quick break and come back with hopefully some phone calls here. one mpb ring I'm horticulturist Phil Rushing here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting, trying my best to help y'all get dirty. We'll be right back. An evening of jazz can be just what the doctor ordered. Join me, Meredith Michelle, with WJSU's Evening Jazz, 7 to 10 weeknights on MPB Music Radio. Okay, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's Felder Rush. Let's talk about gardening. Let me call one eight seven seven mpb ring uh, you know, I was just talking about some different kind of plants. You know, some people are confused by the names I use for plants. I try to go with the most commonly used name, Grancy Graybeard, Grandpa Graybeard, more commonly called American Fringe Tree. Got a Latin name, kind of, I don't want to pronounce it. 
Uh, so we try to go by, by what people call it, what we call folk names. Uh, some plants don't even have decent folk names. I mean, there's a plant I just set out yesterday, a little spreading summer uh, annual called Scavola. Scavola is called fan flower because the flowers look sort of like handheld paper fans. But it could have been called purple baseball mitt because it looks like that, at least to me. Uh, we know of a plant called Aspidistra. Common name is cast iron plant. Uh, we call Lagersteremia. We call it crape myrtle. And even some of the Latin names changed. What we used to call chrysanthemum was changed to dendranthemum or dendranthemum. It doesn't matter because they changed it back to chrysanthemum. But here's three Latin names. Here's four Latin names everybody needs to know. Everybody needs to know the Latin name of these plants. The Latin name for magnolia is magnolia. That's a good one. Uh, iris, that's the Latin name for iris. Uh, Louisiana iris is a different kind of iris. Uh, but how about this one, nandina? <laughs> that's a, there's not a well, heavenly bamboo. Sometimes it's called heavenly bamboo. But how about this? The Latin name for zinnia that everybody grows is zinnia. See, so there's some Latin names you really need to know. Don't worry about it so much. Uh, we're going to talk about gardening um, up in Horn Lake. Hey, David, good morning. What's going on with you? Good morning. I got a question about daffodils that yeah. come up. They they look healthy and all that, but I don't get any blooms at all on them. Yeah, some of mine didn't do this well either. Some that should have bloomed, should have done perfectly well. I'm blaming that hard, hard freeze uh, that might have had something to do with it. But uh, also, d- do they ever bloom? Well, they haven't bloomed the last two years. Yeah, well, uh, some some of that we can throw off to weather, and uh, in which case, here's what you could do: leave them alone. Don't cut them down until after they flop over and turn yellow, because they make their flower bud in the last five or six weeks before they die down in the spring. So even though they have leaves, leave them alone till they completely flop over. That's really important. If you don't do that, they might not have a chance to bloom anyway. Right, I got uh, one more question, real yeah, quick. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, surprise lilies. Yeah. Uh, I don't know nothing about them, and I've inherited a, um, I guess, a left remnant of an old flower garden. Uh-huh. They've come up, and they're green, but they don't have any flowers and all of them. What's the life cycle on them? Well, first of all, we're talking about the pink ones or the red ones. You know, I don't know because I've okay. I haven't seen them bloom. Okay, well, see. But I think uh, they're red. Okay, the red ones, the, the, the leaves look like clumps of monkey grass with a real pale, lighter yellow stripe down the middle. No, but they no, look, that's not it. You got the ones with great big leaves. Great big leaves. Okay, yeah. that's the ones some people call naked ladies. They bloom in like July, August, big old pink flowers. Uh, here's the deal they're just like daffodils in that they're making their flower bud now. They come up in the fall, go through the winter, they make their flower bud. Sort of towards the end, and then they die down. But instead of blooming, you know, in the spring, they put off blooming with no leaves later. So just leave them alone. Uh, don't do anything at all to them. And uh, when they turn, fall down, turn yellow, go ahead and cut them, they should come up and bloom fine. And I'm going to say late July, August, something like that. Can I divide them or separate them because they're all... Yeah, yeah, you, you, you can. But they're going to be a little bit deeper than you think, and you're going to slice through one or two. So, you know, just get used to that. When's the uh, best time to do that? After they die down. After go ahead go, down. go ahead and put some kind of little piece of bamboo stick or something because you'll forget about it. If you're normal, you're going to forget about it and not remember. But put a stick right in the middle of the clumps or just to the south side or something like that. After they die down, completely die down, you can dig them, divide them, and they're going to go ahead and bloom later anyway once they make their flower bud. Okay, thanks so much. Okay. Have oh, well, one last thing, David. A lot of daffodils... Don't really do that well here. Uh, they do better further north. My great-grandmother had like 350. And uh, over the years, some of them just turn into clumps of green leaves because they'd rather be in a colder climate. So that may be part of it.
So okay, leave the leaves alone. Let's see what happens next year. Good luck. Thank you. Have a good day. All righty. Now let's go to McNeil down the coast. We went from up north to down south real quick. Hey, Michael, how are you this morning? How you doing, sir? Um, I have a question. Um, I'm not a green thumb guy by no means. <laughs> okay. So. Uh, I could build anything, but I just can't grow crap. Hey, we'll swap. Um, we'll swap. You, okay. you, can help, you can help me on, a, on an arbor, and I'll help you plant your tree. Okay, fair enough. Uh, listen, I got I, I got a lime tree. I had two of them, and then I had them in. I I had one in the ground, and it it died. I can't get it to grow, so I left the other one in the pot. And I have a big huge pot for it, and I, I wheel it around. I have wheels for it and everything. And I got like thirty limes off it last year uh-huh. right, from the pot. I want to buy a lemon tree this year, but what am I doing wrong? I mean, I have good irrigation, good sun. I just don't know why they're not growing. Well, you talk about in the dirt or in big pots. Well, I want to put them in the ground, yeah. you know, but I also want fruit. <laughs> okay. Well, keep in mind that uh, 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 lemons and oranges and things like that often freeze in Florida. You know, you, it's, yeah. it's not good country. You know, you if you'd have had them out there this year, they would have gotten frozen because that's what happened to almost all of them. So they're not your best bets. If you want to gamble with them, main thing is get a kind of a small one. Don't go for the big expensive, kind of a small one. Dig a wide hole. You know, if you don't feel a little stupid about it, Michael, it ain't quite wide enough. Right. And then when you pull it out of the pot, gently water it ahead of time, but gently loosen up the potting soil on the roots so you don't right. just pull it out and stick it in the ground like a pencil eraser. Right. My mom taught me that. I know how to do that yet. Okay. Your, your mom raised you right then. So you do have a green thumb. Well, I don't know. I just feel like they ain't growing. And uh, well, well, here's, I got the grandkids, and they want lemonade and stuff, and I'm just trying to be that good grandpop, you know, and uh, – it just ain't growing. Well, yeah, well, it, it's it's not lemon country. It's not you know that if you want to, something for the grandkids. There's a plant called kumquat. Have you ever heard of? It? Yeah, that's a little orange like. Yeah, they're small and they can eat them skin and all. They'll take down into the twenties. They're a whole lot cold hardier and they're smaller. The kids and they make a whole bunch of little ones, so the kids, you know, can have more fun planting those. You know, well, I'll pick it. Look, go look. I'm actually on my way to go look at the lemon tree now, but I may divert over to the kumquat tree and take a look at that then today. Well, you know, but, but you know, keep the lemon tree, enjoy. It, you know, because something it might make. Sometimes it'll make a lemon. You know, well, and the pot, and then you're a hero. The pot, they work fine. I mean, they're growing like a weed. Yeah, they don't want to be in the dirt though. You know, this ain't. You know, we just don't. You notice we used to have a big citrus industry down on the. the you know, down in South Mississippi, eighteen uh, hundreds got frozen dead. Nineteen thirties got frozen. Nineteen fifties got frozen. This year got frozen. See, so they're they're just a gamble. That's all. Come come quads a whole lot better. Plant the lemon tree, and if it makes one, make a big deal. Let's have a lemonade party. Well, the nice thing about on the, in the pot on the roller, and when it gets bad weather, I just roll it inside. There you go. And come quads do the same thing. They're really good for pots. You know, really really good for pots. Drag it in only when it's going to freeze, and then the next day put it back out. They they like cold temperature. They just don't like freezing. And by, by, by the way, I'm trying to peg it. Is that is that a Jersey accent I'm hearing? What's that? Is that a Jersey accent I'm hearing? I'm a, I'm a Yankee. That's right. I'm from uh, from uh, Pennsylvania. Okay, pretty close. Pretty close, right across from New Jersey. I'm in the military down here, and, okay. and now I'm, I'm like a transplanted Yankee. Uh, that's that's okay. That's okay. Well, I just wanted. I, I thought I had you pegged a little bit, and it's okay. Your mama raised you right. You'll do okay. <laughs> Appreciate it, Michael. Thank you for your you call. Take care, sir. All right, man. <laughs> uh, Yankees are okay. Southerners okay. But California people are okay. Folks in Japan, South, we're all okay. We're all okay. You know, we dig a hole. We put so many green side up. Our mama's taught us to dig a wide hole. Let's go back to Jackson. I'm not sure how to pronounce your name. Is it Le- 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 Leanne? 
Levine. Levine. That's that's how he spelled it. I just thought he misspelled it. No. What's it's up? a little bit different. Yeah, what's up, Levine? Um, I have some azaleas that are just growing so big and bushy and wow. They have already bloomed. Uh-huh. Is this a good time to cut them back or should I wait for the fall? No, this is this is the better time. Uh Levine, now here's the deal. Two things are gonna happen. You're gonna feel a little awkward about it because you can cut them to two feet tall to just kind of you know, don't cut them straight across, cut them into kind of a snow cone shape, you know, a little taller, you know, rounded a little bit. To where there's not a leaf left on them, and within about a month or so, they're going to be covered with all sorts of new growth. Okay, okay, all but, right. but now but we're not done though. You need to come back sometime in the middle of summer and cut the tips off that new growth, or else it's going to shoot up overhead. But if you cut the tips out, it'll bush out, and you'll have nice little bushes again. And let's don't oh. let's don't do any pruning past about the first of August or so, because that new growth has got to have time to to mature and set flower buds the next spring. So let's don't prune azaleas after 1st of August or so. That'll work. Thank you. Okay. Now, I mentioned there's two things going to happen. Second thing is your neighbor's going to talk real bad about you. So just hold your head up. Okay, I will. <laughs> okay, let me. <laughs> Bye. 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 Oh, I got a tune coming up just saying. Can't wait to hear it. But let's go to the Ocean Springs. Hey, Bob, how are you, sir? Good morning, Felder. Howdy. What's up? Yeah, I got, got a question. Uh, I've been trying for years to grow avocados down here. Uh, is it possible? Is there a breed that you can uh, grow down here? Yes, it is. And uh, and by the way, I was at my local pub the other day. And uh, uh, and incidentally, this is a, a really weird thing to say, but you heard it here. But tomorrow, uh, Saturday, is is uh, uh, National Beer Day. And today is officially recognized. I'm not making this up. As as the you know the day before April the sixth is the day prior is known as New Beers Eve. Now I couldn't make that stuff up that quick, Bob. No. Anyway, anyway, back to the conco. I was I was I was I was enjoying a, an adult beverage the other night, and this guy came up and says, uh, "My avocado tree. Do I need to prune it? It lives in Jackson." I said, "Avocados don't grow in Jackson." He said, "Well, I got one, so he might be might have been the beer talking. I don't know." Anyway, to answer your question, avocados. There's a lot of different varieties, and they make pretty good sized trees. They normally don't produce on the Gulf Coast unless you get down into closer to central Florida or South Texas. Because, you know, if it gets down in the in the upper twenties, most of the time their flowers freeze. There are some that that'll take it. Um and there's some that will pollinate themselves because it's a really oddball thing in, in the tropics. Where I I've been to avocado groves in the tropics. They some some flower one of the flowers opens in the morning, the other in the afternoon. So sometimes they plant two different kinds of avocados, get better production. Not trying to get complicated, but if you'll send me an email, I just happened to look this up the other day because I thought this guy was lying to me. And he might have a variety that will actually do in Mississippi. I can't remember the name of it. Shoot me an email, I'll send you something back. All right, thanks very much, Elder. It, it's going to be a gamble, so let's have some fun. But, you know, if you think about growing one from a seed, you know, you went to the guacamole place. And you got a seed. You can grow them for seed, but it's probably not going to be the type that produces. Beautiful. Yeah, okay, thank you very much, okay. brother. I'll we'll, send you an email. We'll have some fun, Bob. Thank you, sir. Yeah, Bob. And I mentioned that uh, today is uh, New Beer's Eve and Saturday is National Beer Day. Not making this up. It started, uh, it marks a day uh, that the Cullen Harrison Act was enacted. As Franklin Roosevelt uh, led the 18th Amendment, repealed uh, the prohibition on beer. So uh, New Beer's Eve today. Also, this is uh, April is National Frog Month, so if you love spring peepers and toads and tree frogs, get out and enjoy some. And uh, one last thing before we go into our music. It's also Holy Humor Month. 
And this is the only, only religious joke that I know, Java. You ready for it? <laughs> Why did Cain kill his brother? Okay, go ahead and give it to me. I, I, I'd tell you if I was able. See, we gonna, can we go to our <laughs> cheesy tune? I'm not even going to give you a rim shot. Okay, <laughs> okay. This, is, this is not a cheesy tune, it's a, but I thought it was an appropriate tune. It's, uh, uh, it's from the 1965 play, The Roar of the Grease Paint, Smell of the Crowd, but this is Nina Simone's version of Feeling Good. We'll be right back with more of the Gestalt Garden here on MPB right after this. Birds flying high, you know how I feel. Sun in the sky, you know how I feel. Breeze drifting on by, you know how I feel. It's a new dawn, it's a new day. It's a new life for me, yeah. It's a new dawn, it's a new day. It's a new life for me. Fly out in the sun, you know what I mean, don't you know? Butterflies all having fun, you know what I mean? Sleep in peace when day is done, that's what I mean. And this old world is a new world and a bold world for me. shine, you know how I feel, send all the pine, you know how I feel, love, freedom is mine, and I know how I feel, it's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie doke, folks. Welcome. 
Welcome back. Horticulture's Felder Russian. Why don't you give me a call and let's talk about your garden or something in your garden or let's argue about stuff, whatever. I don't sell anything. doesn't matter to me what you do or don't do. I've done this. I've done that. I've failed at both of them. I've succeeded at both of them. And uh, I give advice as if it was my mother and me talking, you know, because, you know, she'll jerk a knot in my neck if I make stuff up. But uh, anyway, let me give a, a, a couple of things that are going on this weekend. There's a lot of different events starting to happen up, and uh, I want to help promote some of them. Uh, one is that, and by the way, Earth Day is coming up April 22nd. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And I've already talked about National Beer Day and Frog Month and all that. But uh, here's something uh this weekend, there's going to be a plant swap in Mobile. I've been to it several times. It is a lot of fun. People bring plants in pots ready to go. They put them in this parking lot. It's a, it's a it's Central Presbyterian Church. It's a Dolphin and St. Anne. Real easy to get to, Mobile, uh, uh, Alabama. Central Presbyterian Church. Just Google it. Uh, lots of fun. They've got a guy named Bill Nicholas. He does a real interesting pre-swap chat. They go around and they look at every plant. He talks about it, what it is how it grows, you know, things like that. It's just real, real informal. That's tomorrow, Mobile Central Presbyterian Church. There's also a plant sale just a little bit further down over across the bay at Weeks Bay Nature Preserve. It's a big deal. I've gotten quite a few plants there over the years, but that's April the the uh, uh, 7th uh, down in uh, Weeks Bay uh, Preserve down past uh, down Foley Way, okay, down, down that area. Uh, April the 12th, next Thursday, is kind of a new venture. Uh, they've got this place over um, uh, just the other side of, of Montgomery from, from us. It's a place called Chapel at the Waters. You can Google Chapel at the Waters, their page, uh, Facebook. Um, I'm giving a talk, first time they've done this, it's kind of a really nice, iconic setting for weddings and events and stuff. But if you know somebody from Montgomery or central, eastern, southern Alabama, western Georgia, Mobile, Pensacola, tell them about it. It's going to be uh, next Thursday night. If you want information, Facebook, The Chapel at the Waters. It'll take you from there. Coming up in uh, towards the end of April, there's going to be a nice little event downtown Laurel in Jones County. I'm going to be doing something there. And then the Master Garden, Jackson Metro Master Garden, is going to have a, a plant sale Saturday, April 28th. We've got plenty of time to talk about that. But if you've got something you'd like to help me, me to help promote, shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. A couple of other things to chat about, but we're here to chat with you. And we're going to start out with Gary. Who, Gary? You say you're on the road. Are you from here and just passing through, or just no, hiding from somebody? So you're just hiding from somebody, huh? That's right. <laughs> What's up? What's up? Well, uh, you know how they send out those great catalogs. Yep. I, I ordered some spider lily bulbs a while back, and then unfortunately, I forgot that I had them. Oops. So, <laughs> so my question is, if I were to plant them now, are they just going to turn to nothing? Or well, they... it's a good question, Gary. I, believe it or not, I found some daffodils in a in a pot, just some loose bulbs in a pot in the back of my Jeep. The other day, I was cleaning it out, and uh, but I felt them, and they were felt mushy. And so uh-huh. they're not good. But these things feel nice and firm, sort of like a, a pretty good onion. You know, if they don't mash t- uh, too easily, I go ahead and plant them. They may not bloom this year, uh, but they'll uh-huh. get established. You know, they won't save. So let's go ahead and put them in the ground. And they'll probably put up some leaves. looks like a, like monkey grass. Right. I just don't think they'll have time to uh, to do that and make their flower bud for this fall. But at least they'll survive, and then they'll come up next fall and bloom the next year. 
good deal. I can, I've got patience. Okay, and uh, hey, I did the same thing. I got degrees on top of degrees, written all these books and all that stuff, but it ain't what you know, it's what you do, Gary. Good, good luck on it. Bye. Okay, eight seven seven MPB ring. Want to give us a call? There's plenty of stuff going on. Um, I came across a uh, a kind of an interesting word. Um, you know, we we've, we've got uh, word experts up here. Kevin Farrell is sort of a wordsmith guy, but I came up with a word called heuristic. H e u heuristic. H e u heuristic. A uh, heuristic technique, or sometimes they just call it a heuristic. H-E-U-R-I-S-T-I-C. It's any approach to problem solving or learning or discovering stuff using a real practical method that's not always guaranteed to be right. (laughs) But it's enough to get you where you want to go. Sometimes they call it trial and error. I'm not exactly sure. I'm just going to give it a go. And you make your best guess. Some people call it a rule of thumb, an educated guess, kind of intuitive judgment, a guesstimate, or just common sense. And uh, that's what that heuristic, uh, I just used that when I was uh, talking to this fellow about planting those things. I know they're not going to survive if you doesn't plant them, so it doesn't, it, that ain't going to work. So let's plant them and see what happens. That's a heuristic approach. Just want to let you all know that, you know, uh, trial and error, rule of thumb, a guesstimate, common sense, whatever you want to call it, go ahead and get them in the ground. And uh, that's true of so many other things. I will give you uh, something you can use as a rule of thumb. That's uh, that's real appropriate if you're a gardener and not sure about stuff. If you go to a a, guard, a big box store that got lots and lots of plants, you can pretty well count on about a third of those plants won't grow in our part of the country because they get stuff off the truck that looks great, but it'd rather be in Michigan or rather be in Florida. But here in Alabama, Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee, uh, Louisiana, there's some plants that just don't grow that well here, and they sell them all the time. So just just as an intuitive type of thing, you go to the garden center. If you're not sure about it, take out your phone and Google it real quick and see what, what it says. Because I, I get pictures all the time of people sending me stuff. Will this grow here? And luckily... I spent enough time uh, in the tropics, enough time up in the in the the cold parts of the country and, and in England that I can pretty well guess about some stuff. Anyway, just trust your instinct that if it looks really, really good, decide, is this worth what's cost just for immediate gratification? And if it is, I treat it like a beer. If a plant costs more than a beer, then I decide, is this going to be worth it or not? Because a beer doesn't last long either. <laughs> It may not be a good investment, but that's the way I roll. Let's go down to Gulfport. Shelly, I appreciate you calling. How are you this morning? Doing fine, thanks. Good. What's up? I wanted to find out about cutting back Indian hawthorns. I heard you speak to the lady about cutting back azaleas. Uh-huh. And I, mine are getting way too large. Yeah. And I wanted to know about cutting them back. Well, uh, a couple of things. First of all, there are some compact Indian hawthorns, and there's some that get really big, and most of them somewhere in between. They normally bloom here just once in the spring. You go out out west of California, uh, Arizona place, a lot of times you'll see them bloom in the middle of the summer. But here, mostly uh, mid to late spring, one-shot things. So as soon as they get through blooming, Go ahead and cut them way back. And be sure to come back and tip prune the new growth sometime about the middle of summer so it bushes out instead of getting it big again. 
So I can, I'll say, cut it back drastically like you were describing with the azaleas? Foot, foot and a half, two feet tall. I've done, I cannot tell you how many times I've got. You know how people cut roses back really, really hard every winter? Right. It's the same thing. Okay. Same thing. But I just let, didn't want to kill them. Yeah. The main thing is tip prune the new growth. Oh, your neighbors will talk about you, but tip prune the new growth. Unless you'll do any pruning past uh, sometime in the middle, early part of August because we want the new growth to to toughen up and set flower buds before fall. All right, so thank you so much. Appreciate it, Shelly. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, let's go to Laurel. Tim, what's going on in Jones County? Hello. How hey. are you today? So far, so good. What's up, man? Well, thank you for taking my call. First of all, my wife is from the Philippines, and she uh, loves how our flowers, how we got different flowers that bloom different times of the year. Uh-huh. And I was wondering if you had some sort of a list that would uh, say what flowers, so she could be transplanting, transplanting yeah. different flowers through the year. Well, you know, there there are some lists. Uh, the the first book I ever wrote, and we're and I'm not even proud of this thing because it was back in the 1980s. Back, you know, there's no color picture or anything like that. But I did a thing in there called month by month. Here's what you would see. If you just rode around in the South in January or July, whatever, here's what's blooming. But it does, and I, I use that list from a book called uh, Gardening for, um, I can't remember the name. Anyway, there are lists on that, but if you'll send me an email, I can't, somebody asked about this not too long ago, wanted to know if he could plant a hedge with something that bloomed just about every month, what would I plant? And I just came up with a list. I just went through all the stuff I knew and came up with a sort of a basic list. So if you put these plants out there, then she could fill in the rest of the time. You know, so in other words, here's what blooms in January, February, March, April, whatever. You plant those dozen plants, and then she'll see something in the middle of July saying, I like that. She could plant it, have it next year. All right, that sounds good. We went to Bellingrad uh, for the Christmas lights over in the uh-huh, Right. You see, they have different plants they do year round. They got me to say, yeah, they they do. The you know, and most of the botanic garden, Bellingrass started out as a private estate garden, but most of, most of those had had horticulturists who who because people want stuff all the time. And but I've spent a lifetime of seeing what blooms in cemeteries every month of the year. See, so I can tell you, you know, if you if 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 Grandpa dies in April, you want to plant something that's going to bloom in April or whatever. See, so uh, I, I I sort of use that approach. Uh, what I see that does well, and that's what I start with. Anyway, shoot, shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Very good. Thank you, Belder. Hey, let me ask, did she ever get back to see her folks? You ever go with her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's been here just the third year now. She's been back once. Okay. I've been over there a couple times. Yeah, well, you know, that's the tropics, a whole different ball game. You know that. Yeah. I don't have to tell you that. I was in the Navy. I was in Pacific in the Navy. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we can't grow here. But uh, and, and interestingly enough, if she wants to grow some foods, you know, some of the some of the foods that were indigenous that were used commonly in the Philippines, there's actually a, a, a pretty good Southeastern Asian uh, group on the coast that have community gardens that we can find some stuff. She might want to make some uh, some some uh, dishes she was raised with. Perfect. Well, she'd love that. You know, and one thing that surprised me, she likes our cool weather. 
Well, <laughs> duh. <laughs> I mean, why do you think I go to England and went in the summertime? Because I don't like that hot weather. My people have been here in the, in this country since the 1630s, so we've never gotten used to the summer times. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, shoot me an email, Tim. We'll we'll help her out. Let's let's help her make feel at home wherever she is. Very good. Thank you. Appreciate it. All righty. Appreciate you. Thanks for calling. One eight seven seven MPB ring. I'm gonna take another phone call. Then I want to play a little short thing, a little short cheesy, cheesy, cheesy tune. But meanwhile, let's go to Ocean Springs. Hey Rose, what's up with your azalea? Hey Felder, Howdy. I recently moved into a new home and uh-huh. inherited some azalea bushes that are shaped like little meatballs. And I just <laughs> don't believe in all that pruning every year. And yeah. they're up close to the house. I'd like to let them grow into a tree form. Yeah. Um, Maybe limb them up from the bottom, which yeah. I don't mind doing, and have a nice flower garden underneath. Yeah. So yeah. Um, the flowers have all fallen off. So how do you recommend I prune those this year to start the tree form? Okay, a couple of things. Uh, let's let's take them backwards. From a sociological point of view, there are no new homes in Ocean Springs. There's all the older homes, and they're all going to talk about you boogering up the plants that have been there forever. Well, it's a new home for me, and okay. they're in the backyard. Oh, okay. No one will see it but me. <laughs> I'm just saying. Look, I yeah. lived in Mobile failure. So, I, mean, so, yeah. I understand so, about you know, the... So, you know, people can be all up in your business. Oh, yeah, I understand about the azalea. Okay. Well, the second thing... Uh, Going from the from the back to the most important thing is it is hard to, to do a lot of soil prep under azaleas because they have a real fibrous root system. So you got to be real careful about what you choose to grow directly up under them. You may need to come out a little bit. Come out a little bit, yeah. right? And uh, or in right up under. Them, think about you know a, a really big low pot or something full of stuff for that little extra punched up color. Let the pot right. be part of That's it. That's perfect. Okay, now to answer your question. This year, simply let it grow. Let it get scraggly and all like that, and you'll have all the stuff sticking above the meatball. And then you can come in and prune out some of the thin out some of the meatball, leaving just the tall stuff. Okay. And if that you if, if you want to do that right off the bat, you know you have to get down real low and basically, uh, you know, cut out a lot of the low limbs and low branches, leaving stuff that's 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 going to be the framework for your trunk. Leave just what you want to be the trunks later. Right. See, so you can do that. When you're making your cuts or rows, be very careful to not leave stubs. Whatever you cut, cut as close as you can without leaving a great big scar. Don't leave any kind of stubs or they'll rot. Okay, and I won't have to tip the new growth later this no, year? No, 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 no. You want that okay. new growth to grow on up, and then next year it will branch out. And then, it, you know, in other words, it'll, it always grows at the ends of whatever grew the year before. So let the scraggly stuff grow up. And the ones you want to, you know, so you'll you'll leave a few low things to be the main trunks, and then what grows this year will be the main branches, and then what grows off of that starts filling out. So okay, every every year just do great. a little. It's like plucking eyebrows. Leave what you want. That sounds great. Thank you, Felder. Okay, appreciate your call, uh, John. Can we do this real quick little thing? I found this a little, a little minute long ditty. We'll be right back with more of the Gestalt Gardener. John, I see you calling from Tupelo. We'll be right back after this. If you like to talk to tomatoes, if a squash can make you smile, if you like to waltz with potatoes, up. Bend down the produce aisle. Broccoli, celery, gotta be. Lima beans. 
folks love this cheesy stuff shoot me an email sometime if you got questions about your garden because you really is a garden at mpbonline.org let's go up to tupelo john appreciate you holding on for that little cheesy segue thing what's up oh man no problem at all yeah i've got some uh pyracantha uh-huh. that i've got uh growing inside my courtyard uh and it's right up next to this brick wall that makes up the outer edge of the courtyard. Right. And I've been letting these limbs grow out really long, much to my wife's chagrin. Yeah. The, uh, the com- By the way, the common name for pyrocantha is firethorn. Fire. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. They sure stick me every time I try yeah. to move them around. Yeah. But kind of what I'm envisioning here, and uh, I wanted to see if this is possible or, you know, advised or anything. But what I want to do is I want to pull those those uh limbs back against my wall uh-huh. and try to maybe pin them to the wall so they yeah. grow to the side of the wall is that is that something i can do or yeah. does, that, does the, that work out yeah the technique is called is called espalier espalier growing things flat against a wall as a matter of fact you could go to any hardware store or garden center or big box store and buy these things that that you could tap into the mortar mix between your bricks that has a uh, little little like a lead pen you can pull in other words some things that are made for for doing that with okay. uh, but rather than pulling the big tall ones back there's gonna be a lot of tension on those things you know so th- okay. the ones you can easily do that the rest of them cut off right where they're starting to grow outward and then whatever's left cut it cut it back to to things that are pointing inward you know so you know how the branches they have they have little little twigs going in every direction yeah. cut, cut off the ones that are growing out and leave the ones that are growing in and up just growing, growing naturally towards the wall anyway. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's called it's called heading back. You're heading it back. So stuff that's sticking out, cut it off. Don't leave any kind of stuffs. Stuff that's growing in, or you know that that you can pin easily, leave that. Okay. It's called a spalier, man. It's been done for. You can actually do. You know, you can write her name with those things if you if it's easy. Come on. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, you know. That would be awesome. I mean, there's a, there's a garden center in Jackson called Green Oak, and they have green oaks written in pyracantha on the side of their, their garden center. Well, I'll be. Yep. All right. Well, I just I just wanted to touch base with you and see if I was uh, heading in the right direction. Let me that. ask you this. Does she know you're yeah. doing this? Is she listening? Yeah, she, well, uh, that's, that's, that's two different questions. She, she hears what I'm saying, but I don't think she's listening. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Well, I'm just saying, is she hearing me say this, or are you going to surprise her with it and actually do what she thinks you ought to do? I, I've, I've told her what, what my plan <laughs> is, but I don't think she can visualize it. Well, use words like espalier, espalier, and heading back. I'm doing okay. a technique called heading back. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> See you, man. All right, bye. John, what's wrong with me? Is there something wrong with me, or is this what we're supposed to be doing here? You're spreading a good word, though, Felder. <laughs> you helped you help him out. He has new something new for his vocabulary. Yeah. Hey, listen to this. this. I know we're out of time, but a friend of mine, uh, by the way, this is uh, uh, New Beer's Eve. Tomorrow is National Beer Day. I'm not making this up. Is this, this real? This real. This well, real. I think I'll celebrate. <laughs> okay. But I, I was at this pub, and there's a guy named Smith. I've known him forever. He said his son, Shay, uh, Shay listens to this program. When he was 14 years old, he heard me say something. Somebody, I said, man, it's too hot to move. Well, he went back, and he pulled that off of our podcast, 
and he has it as ringtones. A guy named Shay Smith, he's like 15, 16 years old. His uh, his ringtones is me saying, man, it's too hot to move. Now, that's cool. <laughs> he deserves a T-shirt. <laughs> Folks, we have a lot of fun here at MPB. Java is my uh, my super laid-back uh, producer. Kevin Farrell is a phone greeter. I've been thinking of all of y'all in between rainstorms, trying to get some stuff done. Uh, but if you have a chance, every day is a new day, is another chance to give stuff a go. Go to a garden center, go to a farmer's market, take a kid, give them a $5 bill and show them how to buy something they can stick in some real dirt and show them what we do best, and that's get dirty. See y'all next week. 